Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Agile 2018. Mike Kottmeyer's here. What's up, Dave? I'm going to pour coffee for Mike. Excellent. In his shiny new leading Agile mug. There you Best go. Best logo ever. Um, so, here at the conference, your talk is tomorrow at 345. Yep. Agile Transformation Explained. Yep. And I want to talk about some of the specific things that you mentioned in the talk. Okay. So, the first is business agility. Okay. Which that word, those two words are used together all over the place. Yeah. How would you define what business agility is? Well, so business agility is really about an organization's um, ability to be able to respond to the changing needs of its market. So okay. um, I think sometimes what we do is we, uh, we confuse agile yeah. with the ability exactly to actually change is. your market, right? Yeah. Well, so Agile's a means to an end, right? To the okay. extent that adopting Scrum or Safe or whatever leads to business agility, we win. Okay. To the extent that we're going through the motions of Agile without actually changing our ability to respond to our market when we learn new things, okay. then we don't win. So you're just doing stuff fast, but you're not yeah, well, so, well, so it's, it, that's fascinating, right? I mean, we go down this path all, all kinds of different ways, but maybe we're doing things fast, maybe we're not. Maybe we're applying Scrum, maybe we're not. Okay. Maybe even we get Agile perfectly going in a development organization, but the value stream is way broader right. than just the actual but delivery team don't itself. Don't you think it's true that a lot of organizations that pursue Agile see that as, like, if we get the Agile, yeah. The light comes down and magical things happen well, so and that, there's unicorns. So that's a big part of what we're going to talk about tomorrow is I, I think a lot about like leading and lagging indicators. Uh -huh. And to some degree, you know, the adoption of Agile can be a leading indicator okay. of a lagging indicator, which is business agility. Okay. But that's a hypothesis, right? Sure. So if, if I've got a small team and I'm able to teach them Scrum right. and they start doing Scrum, that could be a leading indicator that they can put things in market too fast, or they okay. can put market, yeah, can't talk. They can put things in market faster, but let's say their release management processes are such, or they're getting bogged down someplace else in the system. Right. They might do great scrum, could be a leading indicator, but the lagging indicator is that they're, you know, they, they can't the, do it, right? The implementation so, of scrum is going to help them see, or whatever practices see where the other things that are breaking down are. Yeah, so okay. so it's, it's really fascinating, right? So what we have to do, right? So, and again, a big part of what I'm talking about is it's not that Scrum or Safe or whatever is good or bad or whatever, it's a means to an end, right? Yeah. It's not the end goal. Implementing Agile is not what we're trying to do. Yeah. What we're trying to do is increase the ability to be responsive. Be, yeah, be responsive to our okay. market. So to the extent that Agile helps us do that, that's awesome. If it doesn't, then there's inevitably going to be more to the story. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things I know you're going to cover in your talk is about working with leadership to figure out what kind of outcomes you're pursuing. Yeah. If you walk in there and they don't really have a firm grasp on what Agile actually is, which many of them have kind of a skewed view of what it is. Yeah. How, how can they possibly define those outcomes if they don't have the context? Or how do you help them see that? Well, well, from our point of view, right, by doing things like this, right, so so now you're getting into, like, how do you prepare your market and all kinds of different sure. things. Like, so we're out talking about what does it take to really do Agile the right way? What does it take to really do an Agile transformation? What are all the different things that need to be changed? Yeah. And so we're educating through white papers and speaking and all these different things. And so the people that hear our message and go, oh, that's really smart, yeah. then they'll call us. And then the people that call us, we spend a lot of time with Figuring educating and educating and educating okay. and educating before we get on the ground and, and kind of start to do something. And so, like, one of the big things that, that is kind of baked into this particular talk is that, is that there's this thing, like, hire a bunch of coaches, run through a bunch of training, 
um, give it a lot of time, let the team struggle and fail, and then maybe at the end of 6, 12, 18, 24 months, we've, we've gone agile. And what I, what I believe is that that investment is, is too long. We need, we need shorter term hypotheses, and right? Trust and influence with well, okay, let's not go down there yet, no, no, right? We're so, not yeah, so the, the, the challenge is, is that, yeah, well, the it's like, if you want to like have a different no, conversation, we can talk go about there, that, right? But so, related. Well, well, okay, sure, right? So, so where I was going with, with what you asked me is that if we want to get a piece of the organization yeah. to a particular state, it might take us 12 to 18 months to get them to that particular state, sure. right? But, but just like with agile product development, we have to figure out what are we trying to bring to market in three months? What are we trying to bring to market in six? What are we trying to bring to market in okay. nine or 12, right? And so we've developed this thing we call base camps where a base camp is an intermediate state on the journey. Sure. So we're going to say, we're going to create a, an economic hypothesis. We spend a certain amount of dollars, we invest in a certain amount of change. In three months, we're going to get to a state. And then in six months, we're going to get to a state. And then in nine months, we're going to get to a state. Right. But even three months is too long. So now we're going to say, okay, what's going to be the state of the organization in two weeks, in four weeks, in six weeks, right? And so we have this idea, we talk about outcomes-based planning. And so we don't know exactly where we can get an organization to be, but we have a hypothesis on where we want to get the organization sure. to be. And then we want to break that hypothesis into a series of smaller experiments. Just like you would build in software. Just like you would build in software. And then as we as we move and we do activity and coaching and training and all those different and things, learn. and we learn, right? We move, did, was this hypothesis valid? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to adjust? Okay, this one was right. Do we need to go to the next one? Do we need to go to the next one? So what we're trying to do is but, rather than say- And on the outcome that you're trying to Yeah, and so instead of trying to say, there's this big thing, spend money, let's hope for the best, how do we get it to where we can start making smaller bets and start justifying the economics of the transformation smarter earlier? Smarter bets, right? Yeah. So the thing that you brought up around the trust influence loop, I just don't know if our audience knows. Well, what no, because yeah. we can go back and they can watch that. Okay, yeah, because we did a whole podcast around right. that, yeah. Yeah, so basically what that is, it's like whenever you're working with an organization, whether it's us as external and consultants or whether it's somebody who's an internal coach, there's two things that you've got to do. You've got to influence somebody to change, right? right? That's the influence side, obviously. And then you've got to earn and maintain trust by doing what you say you're going to do, right? Okay. So just like with sprint planning, if we're doing a sprint every two weeks and we're yeah. saying, look, we committed to this amount of work and we delivered it or some portion of it, we begin to earn trust with our product owner yeah. because we have a, we have a constant um, uh, history or yeah. track record of actually performing, right? Yeah. So what's the analog in an agile transformation? Right, we have to start to say, we have to kind of do sprint planning. What are we going to try to accomplish? What's going to be the business value we deliver in two weeks? Okay. What's going to be the delivery, the business value we deliver in four or six or eight? But then that's tracking towards a release, if you want yeah. to extend the metaphor out, right? So really, all we're really doing with kind of this expeditions-based camps, outcomes-based planning, is trying to make the unit of value of a transformation okay. not be a coach showed up and did some stuff, or you ran a bunch of people through training and hoped for the best. And, and then it all Yeah, so yeah. if you're going to actually orchestrate a transformation, what are the slices of the organization that you're going to, to break apart? And you're building a structure for it to survive. Absolutely, and then you're going to bring them to a state, and then you're going to move them to the next state, but even getting there, there's a series of intermediate hypotheses, yeah. right? And that's all stuff, it's just the stuff that we're talking about with software product right. organizations trying to apply the same rationale. The 
unit of value is what's the big thing, right? The unit of value is not a trained person. Yeah. The unit of value is not a scrum master hired. Right. The unit of value is an organization that has been transformed, right. right? And that's too big for most companies. So we need hypotheses for how we're going to break big organizations into small ones, and then long transformation journeys into short ones. Right. And then even with the intermediate steps, like how do we measure and validate those hypotheses as we go? Okay. Make sense? It does. Okay, cool. Now I want to switch topics. Okay, pivot on me. So man. one of the things that you talk about in the description for your session is that communication plan. Okay. And I got to that, I was like, wow, okay. I've never heard anybody in Agile really talk about communication plans the way I know them from yeah. being stuck in that waterfall. Yeah, back in the PMI world, right? right? Yeah, So right. when you talk about an Agile communication plan, can you describe yeah. what that is? Now? You know, man, I'll just tell you, I don't think it's actually any different at the end of the day. Okay. Because, you know, you think about like back when you were working in PMI and I was working in PMI, what you want to do is you want to have a strategy for keeping people engaged and yeah. informed with what we're doing, yeah. okay? And now, now again, I don't know where everybody's um, mindset is on this, but if, if you're basically just showing up, coaching, training people, hoping for the best, what is there to communicate? Right. We are, we're just kind of going about our business and you know, hopefully we're getting better over time. Yeah. But if we're operating in kind of a structured um, roadmap, release plan, sprint planning kind of metaphor, what we need to do is we need to let people know what's going on organizationally. We need to let people know what is the expected sequence of rollout and the transformation. Okay. For the folks that are going through the transformation, what are they tracking towards and what does the end look like? Okay. And then, you know, how are we making progress along the way? How are we celebrating victories? So I think of change management, or excuse me, communication planning as part of kind of a change management strategy. Sure. If we don't create safety within the enterprise for people to feel good about what's happening, then they start they start um, creating their own narratives within the organization. And they, and they want to help. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> so so you know so somebody heard something. So therefore, yeah. you know, this is great. This is not. This is messing up. This is awful. Agile's working. Agile's not. And that what you find is that may or may not be true in the right. scheme of things. And so so communications planning is really about how do we um, control might be a little heavy, but how do we influence well, the narrative? Risk. You're managing yeah. risk of them coming up with their own story. Well, people in the absence of information will kind of make up a narrative, right? They're trying to make sense of the world. Yeah, and, and for the transformation yeah. company, you're minimizing the risk of your customer being like, the guy's been here eight weeks, I see nothing. Well, okay, yeah, so so I can wear two hats. So as a person who runs a transformation consultancy, you know, it's it's important for us to have influence over the narrative. See, so that, see, back to the loop. Well, there you go, yeah. right? So you're not having to, you're not having to constantly like pat down fires all over yeah, the place, yeah. right? But as, a, as an internal change agent, you still have to do that, right? Yeah. Because, because somebody's making an investment and while we get paid externally, they get paid internally, they're still responsible for their performance. Right. They still have stewardship over that organization. So, so the message of the transformation, the story needs to be told. Yeah. And you know, so status reports, we probably don't do as much of that kind of stuff, but you know, having office hours and having you know, things that go out in corporate communications. I know that sounds a little wonky for us, but it's like you have to figure out what are the mechanisms in the organization to, to get that out. One of the coolest things I saw was that at Walmart, they had some coaches that would sit in the cafeteria mm -hmm. all day long. Mm -hmm. 
ask us about Apple. And anybody can come up yeah. whenever. I mean, and, and just spreading the word and letting people know. It's yeah, absolutely, right? And that can be, that kind of thing can be part of your communications plan. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I was working with another client a couple years ago, and we did this really cool thing where they brought in everybody into the auditorium. There were like 350 people in the auditorium. There were 350 people that were joining remotely across the globe. And, uh, you know, it was like a one-on-one, -on -one, kind of like a fireside chat kind of a thing, yeah. where the executive in charge was just like asking me questions about stuff. And we are just like, just talking about it in real language what was going on. It was at yeah. Town Hall, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so I got one more. Okay, shoot. Um, one of the things I know you're going to talk about in the session is about yeah. structure. Yeah. And for a lot of people that are pursuing, a lot of the folks you talk to, the yeah. senior level people, yeah. they want agile. Yeah. <clears throat> what is the most common misunderstanding they have about structure? Well, so in Agile, we talk a lot about teams, right. okay? And we know that we need teams, but teams can be all kinds of different things, right? I mean, the developers can be a team, the QA testers can be a team, the analysts can be a team, the project managers can be a team. Um, people that are responsible for a project can be a team. Yep. People that are responsible for, you know, maybe a set of features can be, so like, what is a team? And so we have a hypothesis around what is a well-formed Agile team. Right. And so when I talk about structure, what I'm talking about is we need to have teams that are complete, they're contained, um, they're encapsulated, they're relatively dependency-free, um, because Agile requires this, this team-based ecosystem to really work. Right. And so what's happening is that people are using this word team applying it to people that aren't teams in the right. way that Agile intends, yeah. and then applying Agile practices and it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. What does it mean to be an Agile team that does Scrum if you're on six or seven other teams? Yeah. Or you're matrix, or you don't have everything necessary to deliver your backlog, right? Everything within Scrum starts to break down. So when I talk about structure, um, you know, when we go like super down this rabbit hole, we think about business capabilities and shared services and different parts of the organization, feature sets. Um, Safe kind of uses value streams. That's, yeah. That can be a way of thinking about it. But you have to have an organizational hypothesis for how you're going to group people into potentially autonomous units. Okay. okay? So you kind of have to be willing to buy into that item. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, it's like, so what I tell people all the time is, I, I, like, look, you don't have to, but if you want Agile to work, you got to, yeah. right? It's so now where I was going is like the transformation isn't about teaching that team Agile. Transformation is about creating the conditions within the enterprise so where that survive. team can be formed, okay. right? It's so like, but what you realize is you go into these companies that are trying to adopt Agile and the, the distance from where they are today to where they need to be in the future to form these kinds of teams is super long, yeah. right? So what are we gonna do? We're gonna train them on Scrum and hope for the best? or are we gonna to put together a strategy for how we're going to begin forming those teams over time? And creating the yeah. ecosystem so and, 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 and it And it initially, the, the conditions for their success are not going to be in place. So what you find is that they need more um, guidance, more instruction, okay. and I don't mean coaching, but more specific, um, intentional uh, backlog. They need to understand where their dependencies are. The, the fact that they don't have everything and everyone necessary needs to be managed. So the transformation strategy usually starts with forming a hypothesis for how we're going to form teams, creating mechanisms organizationally for where those teams are going to get backlogged. Okay. And then we, we kind of like, we kind of put the organization in place we want and we hold it together 
And then as we can start to improve the team strategies and break dependencies and do all those things, we can start to deprecate some of the controls. Okay. Chris Beal, one of the guys, the executives on my team, talked about when he kind of, when it clicked for him what we were doing, he said basically we're designing for the organization we want, yeah. and then we're putting compensating controls around it because we know that it doesn't have everything it needs. Okay. And then as we begin getting at the things that it needs, we begin to start peeling back some of the compensating controls. Okay. Now the risk of that strategy is that sometimes when you organize it right and you put in the compensating controls, it works way better than, yeah. than it was before. So there's this tendency to want to stop. Okay. okay. Now again, I'm all for better than we were before, um, it's a little sad when you don't get as good as you could have been, but yeah. it's still moving in the right direction, right? Yeah, so, but there's also probably a point where it's good enough, at least at that point. In it's time. it's the it's the a it's a minimally viable agile transformation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely, okay. right? Cool. And then they get to decide if they want to invest further because there's some parts of the organization, like when you're dealing with mainframe teams and things, yeah. where you're just never going to get the level of enterprise refactoring that you need in order to be a, or legacy refactoring you need in order to be able to create teams that are you know supporting and services okay. and feature sets. It's okay in some contexts, it's not yeah. okay in others, right? Okay. So, yeah. Cool, all right, so this is tomorrow at 3.45. Tomorrow at 3.45. And we're gonna stop, because we just made it through a whole interview without talking about food yeah. or the fat guy on the couch. There you go. So, yeah. good so, job. What can I say, can I do one plug more yes. plug for the talk? One of the things that we're doing is really cool, and the reason why I want to tell you about it is because I put a lot of work into this last week, and the marketing and branding team put a ton of work into it. Because our talk is so broad this year, I mean, we're hitting you know, the why, what, how, who, everything from business case to how you hire team members to do the work, right? It's right. super, super broad. So what we did is we wrote a paper that goes with the talk. Ah. And what's cool about it is that the talk is color-coded to the paper, right? All the icons nice. are the same. So if you listen to the talk or you catch like a snippet of it on video. It's like one of those read-alongs. Yeah, you can go and you can download the paper and the paper will give you more information about all the things that I just blew over That's over the cool. course of that hour and 10 minutes. Awesome. So, so it's actually rather impressive. So shout out to Tim Zach. Yeah, it's leadingagile.com slash white paper. I don't okay. believe it's up yet. It's going to go live right in conjunction with the talk. Okay. So we'll so, have this whole social campaign that's going on around it. So if anybody can't be here, yeah. um, they can they can get, like, I think we're going to be able to tune in either to the beginning or the end of the talk. Okay. Uh, and then slides will be immediately available and they can download the white paper. Okay. Um, and it'll give them kind of the information in written form that that's we're going awesome. over in the talk. So, cool. so yeah, it's very cool. You can check the show notes for links to that stuff. Yep. And uh, if you're here, go check out my Yeah, come, come hear me talk and ask me questions and stuff. All right, dude, thanks a lot. Awesome, man. Thanks, Dave. All right, so we'll be back in a couple minutes with more interviews all day long and live from the Agile Conference in San Diego. San, Diego. San Diego. That's where we are, San Diego. Uh, cool.